Thursday afternoon, a blustery, nice day out there. The watch say. Oh, the watch is there at the... What it say? The hand is in the way. 62 right now. Gorgeous. 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 Sorry, I She's a beaut. She's one in a million, girl. So uh, it's Thursday afternoon. Tomorrow, I, we'll, we'll find out if this is going to stick around. I really haven't even had a chance to to look and see, but I know that there was, I know earlier in the week, there was there was the forecast for a little bit of a another ch- drastic change, or maybe Ugh. not drastic change, but uh, no. don't forget to be listening tomorrow, every mm-hmm. Friday at 2.45, we get the weekend forecast from Channel 4 Chief Meteorologist Steve Templeton. I... Um, I personally look forward to that weekend forecast every <laughs> every Friday. It means so much. It does mean. It dictates a lot. It does mean so much. Uh, today, of course, being Thursday, we will talk to Dr. Randy Tobler in about an hour, just after 3 o'clock, and State Representative Justin Sparks in just about 15 minutes from now. Very much looking forward to talking to Representative Sparks about many things happening, and I'm excited because I wrote down a list here of like issues. We're finally, I, I finally have issues. talked about, yeah, I, I, like actual bills and, and laws and issues and the things that we're supposed to be talking about during the legislative session that we haven't yet in our weekly conversations with guys like Justin Sparks and Rodney Boyd. But there's a lot going on. We've talked about that this this bill that would ban mechanics from working on cars that have expired tags. Mm-hmm. The library situation about uh, uh, requiring libraries to have elected boards to run right, them. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That is that's heating up in a big way. Um, just the outside of the mechanics bill, the the continued push to try to stop. Temporary tag abuse. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> of course, sports betting is still a big, still a big one lingering out there, and then all of, you know all the normal stuff, crime, Justin, abortion, all of it. Something just passed that Justin was spearheading the Valentine's Day. The Val- yeah, uh, no, 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 not that. Okay, something. It was Valentine's Day law. Something similar to that. I'm going to have to ask. I'll I'll look it up on his Twitter and I'll retweet it. But it, he was spearheading this law, and it passed. Well, we will get those details. And Valentine's Day law. Looking forward to that. Valentine's Day law. What's it do? Make Valentine's Day illegal? Uh, unanimously committing. Oh, I think it actually is for one of his friends. I think it was in honor oh, of one of his friends. From one of the police officers yes, that was killed yeah. in the line of duty. Yeah. So okay. I think he'll talk about that a little bit more. Of course, I'm making jokes like a jerk. Mm, you are a jerk. All right. Let's get away from that. It's a bad look. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk to uh, Justin about all of those local issues here in just a few moments. Uh, I want to start with this. The, the s- uh, cell phone outage today that still is... It's still a bit mysterious. Yeah, hairy. It's a little hairy. <laughs> still a bit, like, still kind of light on answers right now. Mm-hmm. Um did it, did it impact you or anybody? That not you know? at all. Nope. I, I, honest to God, no one. Right. Oh, you know what? That's not true. Joey. It impacted yeah. Joey. I would, you know, if you, we've had people uh, a lot lately, which is, is great, uh, commenting and participating with the show on our various live streams. If if you if you had any problems today, I'd love to hear it. Or you can also tweet me at Tony Colombo Talk or you can yeah. tweet Katie at KFitzTalks. Um, 
because I I have T-Mobile. Me too. I didn't have any I didn't have any issues, but um, it definitely got the nation's attention today. It was it was national news, and Senator Marco Rubio warned that a Chinese cyber attack would be 100 times worse than today's AT&T outage. Hmm. The senator warned on social media today that the AT&T outage affecting tens of thousands of Americans pales in comparison to what a potential China cyber attack would look like. Senator Rubio said, quote, I don't know the cause of the AT&T outage, but I do know it will be a hundred times worse when hashtag China launches a cyber attack on America on the eve of a hashtag Taiwan invasion. And it won't just be cell service they'll hit. It will be your power, your water, your bank. Rubio's warning comes as tens of thousands of AT&T customers reported outages this morning from their home, phone, internet, and mobile phone services. The outages started popping up just before 3.30 a.m. Eastern Time this morning, according to a graph shown on the company's website that tracks outages, the AT&T company website. 54% of the users, uh, 54% of users say they are having issues with mobile phone service. More than a third of the customers were reporting being affected that they have no signal at all. And 8% of users said that their mobile internet was just non-existent. So that was happening. And Senator Rubio used what happened today as an example and as a warning to say, if you think this is bad, we're not prepared for what China could do to us. And I think that that's true, although the the drama never let a good crisis go to waste. Only now it's the Republicans, Marco Rubio. Um, I, I, and I think that there it's not understated to have a thought like that saying that would be a scary moment if all of a sudden China did have this giant cyber attack. I think it's a reflection on we need someone strong in leadership so mm. that China wouldn't even question something. I mean, they would they wouldn't even think about doing something like that. Maybe with someone at the at the helm that's a little bit more powerful and a little bit more strong than Joe Biden. I also think this is such a reflection on how much our phones have become part of us. Yeah. You know, this is th- yeah, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just it is what it is. This is the day and age that we're living in. I know that someone like Mark Close would laugh at something like this because and I mean, even you growing up in the 90s, right. it's like you couldn't even imagine probably having something this close. No, you're exactly right. And I'm glad you point out that way, because, yes, the the older generation, the baby boomer generation, they would they would, you know, if we had Mark on Mark close on with us right now, he'd say like, oh, I can live without my cell phone. It's no big deal. It, it would be it would be disruptive to his life. It is. They would be fine, but it would be disruptive to Jim, me, Generation X that does remember life before cell phones. But it was when we were either kids or teenagers or, you know, young adults. We've mm-hmm. had them most of our adult lives. Mm-hmm. It would be a mess and for millennials it would be impossible to live really and it's just again i'm not saying this as a good or bad thing 
I just think that cell phones are such a prevalent part of our normalcy and they are our, they are part of our day to day that a blackout like this happening, a cyber attack, whatever the case may be that happened with AT&T that caused thousands upon thousands of cell phones not to work today. That is a big deal because we do incorporate using our cell phone into our everyday lives. I mean, look at our jobs, Tony. Look at every mm-hmm. even outside of our jobs that report the news. There are plenty of other people that work at Edward Jones that are accountants that do this. Do they use their phone for everything, mm-hmm. for appointments, for scheduling? Everyone is affected when a phone goes down. And that could be as simple as using it to get home or to do a store for GPS or as high functioning as keeping private PDFs on your phone. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of usage that happens every single day. So it's not like a ho-hum thing that this outage happened. Yeah, we've become, I mean, we have been, like I said, and and this is not a knock, but especially millennial, especially younger generations have become reliant on your phones. I know from working with you that you can you can check on Maeve at daycare. Absolutely. Like you can see her Absolutely. anytime you want. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's it, that's everything. crazy. Yes. To me. Even to me. That's yeah. crazy. Like that was wild. not that was not a thing. I mean, like that's a really good example, though. Yeah. Because so, if I didn't have that today, I'd be like, what? Yeah. So parents, older generation parents. That wouldn't even be like that would be a pro- that would be a problem for you. Yes. If if problem. all of a sudden you couldn't check on Maeve at school, that's not even a problem that I was was aware of. Huge problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like I wasn't reliant on that because that wasn't even a thing. It didn't even it didn't even it wasn't even a thought to be able to do that. But we've we've advanced so far with technology that now we have become reliant, or at least we feel like we're reliant on. On everything that it brings to us. So I heard the morning show kind of dabbling in this around in like the eight o'clock hour. And I think he was bragging about his powdered 25 year. That's kind of what I. So is it. So I am not a prepper. (laughs) If if, if it comes to everyone's shock and chagrin, I am not a prepper. I think Mike realized this morning that he was. He didn't think he was, but maybe he found out that he was. But is this. You know, I understand the natural way of thinking like, this is a really bad thing that happened. Like, does it get to that level where Americans might not have had access to their phone today? And then a Marco Rubio tweet spurs and says, right. think about what would happen with China. And then you get into a conversation like, do I have gallons yeah. of water in the basement? The problem, though, the really scary thing about what Marco Rubio is pointing out is that I mean, we just we just focused the conversation on on one item, the phone, and how big of a deal it would be without that. We have allowed ourselves, and this is a scary. I like I I legitimately don't like talking about this because it it scares me. Too real. It's too yes. We have there's so much of the stuff that we use to live that comes from China. The all of the medicine that's ag- that's manufactured in China, yeah. I mean mm-hmm. th- that alone, terrifying. And and the fact that we have let almost every industry, every manufacturing anything, so much of that it takes place in China, with American companies or whatever, or you know American companies partnering with Chinese companies. But like that's 
that became the natural way to build a business in the United States over the last several decades. If you are in big manufacturing, you have to find a, a, a warehouse, a workforce, whatever, resources in China to get that stuff done. So now they rely on us for a lot of things too. We are their mm-hmm. ATM machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but just to know that if it did ever get to that level and they decided, you know what, we're just going to not send you any medicine. We're not going to send you any any of the the machines that you use, yeah. the clothes I mean, that everything. you wear. Yeah. Everything. I mean, it's, it's, we have allowed, and it, this should be the main, this should be the top priority or at, you know, at the top, there shouldn't be anything higher than reestablishing using American resources to, and, I, and, and of course, politicians talk about that every, uh, all, all the time, but there has been nothing done to, to make that any better. No. And, you know, that is part of Make America Great Again. And that is why, you know, MAGA has such a negative connotation. I mean, there's a lot of people that own, you know, MAGA, mm-hmm. but I think in the wide public view, there's a lot of other people that are like, oh, my God, you hear the MAGA and you're just like, uh, I picture I can picture it. Just like everything, it's just just like like everything everything in in this world. It's everything's divisive. But there, there is such a resonating fact that you just said that is part of Make America Great Again. And although I don't co-sign on everything that that stands for and and, and everything that Donald Trump himself, whatever he stands for, I don't co-sign on everything. But what you said is, is a scary fact and when I went to go visit some family with my with my family in January, we went to Florida. David's uncle was talking about rebuilding their house in Florida, and he had to do a lot of that himself. And he said to us, this house was built in, ninth, in the 1980s. Every single thing that I had to take apart from this house, all of it said made in the United States, mm-hmm. and everything I put back into the house mm-hmm. is made in China. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me so hard that trip and then even to now that he was helping rebuild this house after a hurricane and everything down to the light switch like unscrewing a light switch and putting it back in said made in the united states and everything he put back into that house to rebuild it says made in china yep. and i i wonder if we go back to this make america great again sentiment that if that's on people's minds not it doesn't have to be the whole of what make america great again is but the a factor of that is we do need to get back to manufacturing and buying and producing and making here in america to save so many things this is where the climate issue come plays a huge role in this because china doesn't care about the environment and that's not right. okay. Right. That's not okay. I'm not saying that we should do that. We should not do that. We should have common sense environmental regulations to keep our water clean and you know, in our in our parks and mm-hmm. you know, like we should we should protect the environment. But there's the the focus from the left AOC Green New Deal, all of that 
to, you know, we, no more gas cars can be sold in California in like 10 years or whatever it is. They, they make it impossible to do business in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to do business. I know personally, I know business owners that manufacture products that have, that have a partnership with, with a, with a, you know, with, with a staff in China that makes certain parts for them and sent and certain pieces of machinery and sends them over. And they've said, I don't have even have the option. It's not even like, oh, I could do that here and it would just cost me five times more. It, 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 not, it doesn't even exist here. I can't, wow. I, I, don't, I don't even have that option. He, they've said, you know, like we would pay a little bit more to be made in America, not like sacrifice the business and pay, you know, 10 times more. But he was like, but I can't even do that. Dang. I can't even do that. I have to work overseas because it doesn't even, it's not even, it's not even an option in the United Dang. States. I know it's wild. It's wild. And not only are we not doing anything about it, we're focused on other things yeah. that will make it even harder for that to ever, for that transition to ever come back to the United States. So we're, we're not even facing the wrong direction. We're running the wrong direction when it comes to that issue. That is, that is. See why I don't like to talk about it? I know. That is something to think about. Think about that on break. Yeah. Yikes. Let's talk about something positive like Missouri politics. (laughs) 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 We are going to talk to Missouri State Representative, Freedom Caucus member, Representative Justin Sparks. We'll get the latest happening in Jeff City. Are they finally making some progress on actual bills and issues and are we are we still arguing about parking spots and where we sit in the room <laughs> we'll find out from Justin Sparks next Uncle Lamont Katie for podcast articles and more find us on newstalkstl.com Minimalism. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 101.994.1 News Talk STL. Let's dive into some local news and politics with our next guest. Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks joins us as he does every Thursday at this time. Representative, how are you? Great to join you guys again. I yes, and we miss you as well. In fact, um, I, I don't know if you, you heard us talking uh, a moment ago. Hopefully, not about the China stuff because that—I uh, told you—that's depressing, Katie. I, yeah, <laughs> totally. But um, I, I, I said I think we can finally, maybe for the first time this session, we Are can. You there? Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Did we lose you? Uh oh. Uh oh. You want to try to get him? Yeah. Give me one reconnect. sec. Are you there? Yeah. You, can you hear us? Nope. No. Nope. All right. Okay. We're going to reconnect. We're going to reconnect with Justin Sparks. And hopefully we're going to talk to him about um, some issues that are facing the uh, the lawmakers there in Jeff City. All right, let's try this again with Representative Justin Sparks. Justin, oh, oh, hold on. Can you hear us? <laughs> yes, you just right. disappeared. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Hey, it's you that, must have at I was going to say, it's that, AT&T, it's that <laughs> dang AT&T outage. It's getting all of us today. You know, I was just, uh, I was, I, I was just wondering out loud if this will finally be what it's f- near the end of February. Can we finally have a segment where we're actually talking about 
uh, issues and policies and laws and bills that you guys are working on there and and put the drama uh, and all the delays of the session behind us. Are, are, are you guys um, uh, getting back to whatever whatever normal work is in Jeff City? Are we getting back to that or is it still uh, are we still having problems? Well, I wouldn't say it's normal because the the way things have been done for so long up there have been kind of shaken up and shaken free. So, no, it's not normal. It's it's got a lot of people uncomfortable, but it's a good kind of uncomfortable. Mm. And let me let me explain to you what happened this week. So, you're probably aware initiative petition after a democrat filibuster. Now, I'll tell you, I'll share with you the good news. The good news is that initiative petition with concurrent majority passed the Senate for the very first time. That was never anticipated to happen, let me tell you, mm-hmm. but it did. So first time in six years with that, with the same Senate pro tem that's been in, in leadership for six years, we're able to do that. And that's a direct, that's a direct result of the people having their voice heard because they had no intention of doing that. And so when the people had their voice heard, look what happened. But here's how they're sneaky. Okay. They had... Uh, Senator Coleman, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, handled this bill. They did it on purpose. Why? Because when they made a deal, backroom deal with the Democrats, like usual, and the Democrats would sit down from their filibuster, but a Republican, to your point, would add an amendment that would basically make the initiative petition fail at the ballot box. So do you see what they really did? Mm. Yeah, we'll pass initiative petition out of the Senate, but we'll do it in a way that will still satisfy our overlords of special interests that don't want to see initiative petition pass because it'll fail at the ballot box. In years past, that message would be so difficult to get out to the, the people because it might be one or two senators or a, a representative basically trying to communicate that message. Now, with the Freedom Caucus, mm-hmm. we communicate that message directly in real time to the grassroots all across the state. Nothing's being done in secret. We know exactly what's going on. We know why, and we know how to fix it. That's even more insulting to Missouri voters. And to, I mean, and it's good. It's very good that it's being exposed and that we're talking about it and we're bringing it to light because instead of just doing nothing for for Missouri for Missouri residents at, literally, actually trying to influence or trick people into making it look like you're doing something and or working towards one end while actually making sure the exact opposite happens is I mean that like it's even worse than doing nothing in my opinion mm-hmm. no I, I agree but see you have to remember Republicans are still in charge quote unquote Republicans and they have to make it look like they're doing something without actually doing something. That's what defines the capital today. That's what Republicanism has become. And frankly, we judgment has to be, judgment has to begin in our own house. We have to look at our own house first before we cast stones at the Democrats. And so the people sent us up to Jefferson City to do their work, to do their actual work, not to look like we're working, not to look like we're passing bills that are good, that don't actually do anything, which happens all the time, but to actually do it. So what we're going to do is fix that bill in the House. We're going to add the language back in. We're going to make it palatable for the voters. We're going to protect the Constitution of the state of Missouri. We're going to send it back to the Senate. We're going to get this thing done. Now that's that's fantastic, and it's and it, there it's very optimistic to hear that the fact that voter engagement, people making their voices heard, 
are part of what is changing the tide on this because as you know i mean initiative petition is a perfect example there's other issues as well that it, it, you know we've talked about like everybody i ever i ever talked to every politician i ever talked to it, it says that it needs to be changed and and it, it's it's bad and it needs that it needs to happen and yet year after year it doesn't which makes no sense if everybody agrees that it has to change yeah. how come it has never changed i mean we know now because we're talking about all of these uh, uh the the back room uh, we're shining a light uh, on the swamp and we and we know now so it's it's good to hear that that voters engagement people making their voices heard is part of the reason why and of course you you know a group of politicians also being you know willing to to uh, expose this stuff um, at, at least we, we've got that going for us yeah and Tony if I could and, and Katie thank you guys for the great work that you're doing I want people to understand that what what the inflection point that we're actually at in the state of Missouri and people are starting to wake up and why this issue, this issue is the issue, okay? This is not about abortion in about 10 weeks, 12 weeks, or partial birth abortion up until the, the actual birth, because that's only part of it. Mm-hmm. This is not, well, or rape or incest or heartbeat or, no, this is abortion. The, the, the petition drive now in the state of Missouri is abortion up until birth, okay? Not only just abortion, but if you actually read the proposal where you out at your Walmart or target where they're trying to get you to sign your name, right? Cause it's happening every weekend, all day long, paying people for signatures to get signatures essentially is transgender care. You rem- you know how I feel about this cause I championed this last year and filed the bill and fought for this thing and transgender care, everything that we did to protect children from castration and mutilation and using hormones that are meant for sex offender castration on our kids Mm. that's all coming back it undoes all the work that the legislators did for the people do you see now why this is so important missouri will fundamentally change in one day in one day this is the whole ball game guys and that's the message that i'm trying to wake people up with well and i'm glad that you are here talking about it and i will with something that is important to katie and i whether we agree all the time or not which we don't on every single issue uh we will always have a platform here to to have these conversations and that is the most positive way to get things uh moving i wanted to uh kind of rapid fire through some headline issues and just get an update from you on you know is it moving is it dead has it not even been addressed yet you know those kinds of things uh i want to start with one that's been in the news a lot lately this this situation with libraries and maybe you can also the cliff notes version explain what this uh this push to uh i I guess put um uh, uh elected boards in charge of running libraries across the state instead of the way that it's done now it's been in the news multiple times. Can you kind of explain where that's at? And is it something that is, um, you know, a, a priority or one of the things that you think may see some movement in this session? Yeah, I actually think it's a great idea and I can explain why. When you have elected representatives, when it doesn't matter if it's me as representative, a senator, the governor or a board for your library, when they are sensitive to the will of the people because they're running for reelection, they tend to do the people's work, right? They tend to do what the people want because the people ultimately are their boss. That's how our constitutional republic was founded. It was founded that way for a reason, right? Representatives 
are elected every two years, senators longer, okay, because you want to have that balance. And the judiciary is different, right, and the executive is different. This is all good. With the boards for our, our libraries, what parents have found is in some libraries, there's been objectionable material, which we would consider pornographic material, explicit material that has been available to children. I've confirmed this. I've seen it. I've had talks with our own libraries um, so that they've made it abundantly clear over here in St. Louis County that that they are going to keep those explicit materials from access to kids. Right. This is what we're really talking about. And parents have, has essentially said, hey, listen, you know, some of our tax money goes to libraries. We have an interest in what our kids are looking at. And we have an interest, by the way, in what kind of material we think is appropriate. And so you can have your interest more explicitly heard when you're dealing with somebody that you directly vote for or vote against on election day. I think that's a good thing. Hmm. Is it, I mean, would it be um, a, a, a realistic comparison to compared to school boards? Yes, similar, yeah. of yeah. course, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that is. And do you, and do you think that this is that this is going to get uh, addressed in this session? I am hopeful. I would love to see this bill championed. Yeah. Yeah. It's and if not this session, the next session. It will not go away. And I I uh, I think and, and and you know a lot of the, the the library people are a little uncomfortable about the prospect of an elected board. Why? Because. When you realize, oh, my behavior is directly affected by the people that I'm supposed to be serving, right? Mm -hmm. And that I can be elected, I can be voted out of my job, then people tend, to, that does make you a little uncomfortable. But it's a, it's a good uncomfortable. Trust me, mm -hmm. from my perspective, you know, you want to, when you're directly affecting a service that is provided to people that's paid for by taxpayer money, then they have a right to affect what they want. Right. They have a right to affect how you administer their service, in this case, libraries. And so I'm hopeful that we'll get it done. Uh, there's another one that's been talked about a lot over the years. And I think as of last year, it's official. Missouri is now surrounded on all sides by states that it is legal to uh, have sports betting in. What is that something that's even been discussed and, and could be a part of this session, in your opinion? I'm not going to prognosticate and say that that's going to happen. <laughs> I will say that I am optimistic that, that the legislative logjam that we've experienced in the past, particularly last year, is going to break free and we're going to see some great bills. I'm, I'm hopeful that, that we'll be able to have a good, robust debate and vote on something this year. I'm hopeful. Justin, I see on the Missouri Freedom Caucus Twitter handle that you guys retweeted Article 8, Section 2 of the Missouri Constitution says all citizens may vote. Unfortunately, it does not say only citizens can vote. In other states with similar language in their constitutions or state statute, this is being misconstrued to say that since it doesn't say only citizens, the non-citizens can vote. Can you kind of break down what's going on right now with this situation in Missouri? That is a great question and one that I'm trying to answer for everybody as often as I possibly can, because that was part of the language that was stripped out um, as part of that deal in the Senate, right? Which is you have to be a United States citizen in order to place a vote in the state of Missouri. That needs to be codified in our Constitution because it currently isn't. People are under the false impression that it is. And, and they think, oh, my goodness, what are you doing? You're just putting that in there to get people to vote for this. No, it's not true. People don't understand. In other states, 
semantics and language matters. And they're manipulating that to say citizens, non-citizens, U.S. citizens, right? And so in, like, for example, California, um, there's a lady with the last name of Wong who is not a, a citizen, and yet she's on their elections board. I saw that so, too, Justin. So <laughs> Non-U.S. citizens are voting in this country, guys. That's yes. the whole point of what we're doing. We believe in the state of Missouri that you should be a U.S. citizen and that only U.S. citizens should have the right and privilege to vote and affect change in our state. And that's why we're doing this. This is something our very own Chris Arps has been uh, working against to spread awareness and stop non-citizen voting for years. And uh, it, is, it is such a great conversation for the state of Missouri because I think that because I know I was I know this is this out was for me personally just a, a year a couple of years ago I think people would be shocked to know how many legal elections happen across this country that non-citizens are able to mm-hmm. participate in if it's not a federal election there's there's a there's a every bit of as good of a chance that wherever you're at in this country, you know, depending on who's running the the show, that it could be legal for non-citizens to vote. And I think people would be shocked by that if they knew how rampant that is, Justin. It starts to make a lot more sense why Joe Biden has let 10 million illegal yeah. immigrants into this country. Yeah. It makes more sense now, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah, he wasn't doing that out of the goodness of his heart, I promise you. He has destabilized our country with an invasion of the southern border, and he hopes to replace the voters he's losing with insane Democrat policies with illegal immigrants. And I don't think that's even up for debate anymore. No, I think you're right. Uh, we're almost out of time here with Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. The last one I wanted to ask you about was this uh, uh, this bill this, that made some headlines this this week about uh, that would ban mechanics across the state of Missouri from working on cars or vehicles that have an expired tag. And I like the idea of going after temp tag abuse, but I don't know that uh, I don't know that this approach is right is this did the, was this a headline that kind of got blown up because people were so interested in the story or is this does this thing have uh momentum right now in, in uh, jeff city that i wouldn't say that has momentum i would say that temp tags need the abuse of temp tags needs to be addressed yeah, yes agreed but we have to decide who and uh, who, who, what we're going to regulate yeah who and how typically yeah you know what i mean right it's like who how much regulation do we really want in our in our state guys you can't work on this you have to work this you have to have this certification and this fee you have to pay this money to the government because it always comes back to money it always comes back to money and well we're going to funnel business to this industry or this industry i typically am a free market freedom loving uh, crazy guy. And, and so, uh, yes, I, Amen to I, that. I really want, I want the abuse of temp tags to end. Um, but I really want to tread cautiously yeah. when it's, when, when it comes to over-regulation. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. Was it, was it Rodney Boyd yesterday who said that, uh, mechanics don't need a law 
just pass yeah. on working. Yeah. Like, there doesn't, working if on mechanics don't want to work on it, they don't have to. There's no yeah. law that says that they have to. We don't have to pass. I thought that was a, I thought that that was a really good uh, point when it came to this particular As usual, issue. as usual, Rodney Boyd. Yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that was fun. We talked issues yes, this sir. week with Justin Sparks. I hope we continue to talk about the issues and hopefully hear more stories about things uh, getting through and progress being made in Jeff City. Really appreciate the update as always, Justin. Uh, for people that want to follow what you're working on, website, social media, all that stuff, remind folks how they can do that. Sure. Sparks for Missouri on Instagram, Justin Sparks on Facebook, sparksformissouri.com. And uh, in the next week or a half or so, we're going to have some big announcements. So I'm excited to share that oh, with you. Yes. Looking forward upcoming. to it. Yeah. Can't wait. Thank you so much uh, for your time as always. Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. Have a great day, my friend. God bless, guys. I got you. Great stuff there. All right. We are going to continue the conversation with Dr. Randy Tobler in just about 15 minutes, just after 3 o'clock. We'll talk to Dr. Tobler. Uh, Before that, um, John Fetterman, Senator Fetterman, Mm -hmm. uh, has some harsh words for Democrats that are criticizing Joe Biden, which is interesting because every other story about Democrats and Joe Biden has been the opposite. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about the record number of Democrats that seemingly don't have any concern anymore about going after their own president. Well, Senator Fetterman has had enough. I'll tell you about that and more next on Columbo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Senator John Fetterman is calling out Democrats who have publicly criticized Joe Biden. He uh, said this this morning. He suggested that if you're a Democrat that doesn't like Joe Biden, you may as well just start wearing a MAGA hat. That's literally what he said. No, that's what John Fetterman said? Uh Uh-huh. If you are a Democrat that has... A problem with Joe Biden. Start wearing a MAGA hat. So get out of the get, club. Get you don't out. Belong here. So is he? That he is definitely saying there's not someone else that's going to be on this ticket. It's going to be Joe Biden. Oh, he's all Biden all the time. Hmm. He's standing next to Jilly Bean. Well, yep, Jilly. Just the biggest cheerleader. John Fetterman. John Fetterman. Joe Biden and Jilly Bean. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. Joe, Joe Biden's inner circle is Jill Biden, John Fetterman, and Kareem Jean-Pierre. It's all the J's. <laughs> wow. So he, okay. I want to hear more about this. Yeah. So the, what's interesting is because we just did that story. I think it was New York Times. I know. So the New York Times has been on like a Joe Biden crusade mm-hmm. <laughs> like the last week or so. There's been multiple New York Times articles from multiple authors just you know uh, writing stories that are exposing how bad things are you know joe's falling down the steps jill biden's yelling at staff <laughs> behind Claws the scenes out, t- things out yeah and we've and we've talked about how more and more democrats in the media and in politics are more comfortable mm-hmm. saying negative things about joe biden than they have been in the past so it's been kind of the other, all the momentum's going the other way. And so it's interesting to see 
John Fetterman stand up in the middle of all that is that's is that continues to develop and say, yeah, oh, you're all traitors. It's insane. <laughs> Paul Begala, James Carville. I mean, we've done all these stories about you know Dean Phillips, who's obviously running against him, and 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 uh, Andrew Yang. Remember, <laughs> he was in yes. the news recently yes. calling out Joe Biden. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of Democrats have been critical of of the president, and uh, John Fetterman says that's it. And if you're not uh, if you're not supportive of the president, you may as well put on a MAGA hat and start campaigning for Donald Trump. The Democratic senator was asked on MSNBC this morning what he believed was the biggest issue for Pennsylvanians going into the 2024 election. Of course, that is where John Fetterman is a senator in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, the winner of the uh, critical swing state has won the White House in 11 of the last 13 elections. So Pennsylvania has become very much a, a bellwether state. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know it was that many. So uh, out of the last 13 presidential elections, the person who won Pennsylvania won the White House 11 of those 13 times, including Joe Biden in 2020 and Donald Trump in 2016. John Fetterman uh, said, quote, I think the most important issue is just like what do we do or what do we want for this state and what do we want for this nation and kind of for the world order as well. Oh, geez, the uh, world order. We need not to say, good. Like, choose your words better than that, buddy. He goes on, quote, it's going to be a very comp- it's going to be very competitive as well, too. And the president is going to win here in Pennsylvania. And I've always believed that whoever wins Pennsylvania is going to be the next president as well, too. Uh, reading his quotes is tough. This yeah. is going to be difficult. It, we all have to lean in on that. And then the senator added that there were, quote, all kinds of Democrats criticizing the president too publicly. He said, quote, I don't understand why. I don't know what's in it for you to do that, whether you're just chasing clout or you want to make it in the news or anything like that, but you're not willing to support the president now and say these kinds of things. You might as well just get your MAGA hat because now you're helping Trump. So that is a, that is so wrong on so many levels for a, United States Senator to tell other elected officials across the country, other United States Senators, Congress people, state reps and senators and mayors and governors that an election year is not the time to stand up for what you believe in. <laughs> you need to that's, back that's down. exactly what he said. That is exactly what he said. I don't know what he said. There are all kinds of Democrats criticizing the president too publicly right now. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why. I don't know what's in it for you to do that. Maybe you don't agree with the president. Maybe you are running for an office and you have a problem with a policy yeah. or a stance on an issue or his ability to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But you're just supposed to, I mean, that is telling. Oh, yeah. That is telling about what politicians, high-level politicians believe. But I also... Don't, don't, 
stand up for what you believe in. Don't fight for your convictions. Just fall in line or get out. I think right now, though, John Fetterman is looking at the writing on the wall and is saying to himself, "We, there is not a good chance that this party... Are gonna that we're gonna come out winners. So if it was raw racist bubatai for the Democrats, of course he'd be like, "Say what you want to say, baby." But now there's so much division and controversy with a leader that's also not all the way there. Yeah, he's probably like, "Shut up!" But there, there's, there's nothing positive. But happening his solution from all is this. lie. Yeah, his solution is lie. Yeah, pretend like it's okay. That is no. No, that's not how you do it. It's a big no. If there's problems in the Democratic Party, if there's problems, if people are within the party are critical or not supporting the president, then you should be asking yourself why. Yeah. And you should be correcting those problems. I think that's not a saying why, yeah. Don't tell anybody. I think he's a I think this is a fearful time for John Fetterman I agree. in the party. I agree. But his fear is really showing, showing yeah. the inside of the... I mean, you want to talk about the swamp. This is this is the swamp. This, this is, is what it. people talk about when they talk about the swamp. These are the real things that happen there. Shut up. Fall it it doesn't matter if, the, if something's important to you. doesn't matter if you're, you know, you don't agree with what the president's doing in these wars or whatever. Shut up. Fall in line. Tout the company line. Or get out. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Talk to Dr. Randy Tobler next. Ooh,